What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PetroList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Angels. And of course, that starts with Reed Detmers. Is this going to be the third year in a row that I am in on Reed Detmers? No. I'm so sorry. I really wish I were. But I, there's so many reasons why not. One, we saw the fastball velocity increase last year and then drop down as the season went on. And even when it was at a higher level, he goes upstairs with it and just does not have the pitch shape that you want. It's okay, but it actually dropped in swing strike rate despite the increased velocity to just 10%, uh, despite having 87th percentile high location. So think about that. You got increased velocity, you got the locations that you want, and you still had a 10% swing strike rate on that four-seamer. So that's not good for Reed Detmers. The slider that I get excited about, um, he featured 32% of the time in 2023, has a 19% swing strike, which is good, but it gets destroyed. 11th percentile ICR is just not good. A 46% rate, that is, oh my gosh, and just not does not get called strikes. So that's a terrible combination. The curveball isn't really a consistent offering. It can be at times, not really. And overall, I see someone who does not have the overpowering fastball that you want, an inconsistent slider, and then a curveball that is good but not really enough. Also, the Angels got rid of Buddy Carlisle, the one guy who fixed uh, Detmers in the middle of 2022. It just seems too risky to me. I don't feel that the Angels are that kind of crew that is able to fix Detmers and make him work. I don't think that the fastball is good enough. And um, I used to be really in on this. And sadly, now I have to not be. I think it's just too much of a question mark entering the season that if I have him on my team, sure, it's not the worst last pick. And then you can figure it out right away if you feel like the four-seamer has changed or the the slider is more consistent, then okay. Uh, But I get a sense that we're not going to like it and do not hold on too long for Reed Detmers. Or at least just be aware of his changes as the season goes on. That maybe if he's on the wire, then you can pick him up. Uh, Griffin Canning is a popular uh, choice this offseason, where it's 127 innings last year, about 26% K range, just a 7% walk rate. There's always been this hope that Griffin Canning is going to be something. I remember in 2019, when he was first really on the scene, being excited the fact that he was able to go fastballs upstairs, and then having both a curveball and a slider that both seemingly missed bats. There is a problem uh, with Canning. Actually, there's multiple problems. Uh, One is his health. He's not a guy that is known for health. We kind of forgot about him for a bit, and then he finally came back last year, and that's nice. But those expecting for him to be a workhorse of any kind, even though he'll get the opportunity uh, this year, I don't really think we should be depending on that. But does that really matter? If it's Griffin Canning, You're especially in a 12-teamer, you're just hoping to get anything, and then you'll move on from him, right? You're not drafting him as like your SP5 or something like that. So what does he offer? Well, I love the fact that Canning is going away from that four-seamer. When he had success last year, it was like 30% four-seamer usage, which was cool. Though his curveball just fell to 13% overall. And I actually think that's his best offering as the slider, which is about 30% usage. Yeah, that has a 40% ICR. It gets hit a lot more than you want it to. And I think the overall package of Canning is inconsistency where he just gets hit too dang hard. Um, So I want... To believe in this. I want to say like, look, that strikeout rate's great, but I have my worries that Canning is going to be able to limit the hip or nine, which was uh, close to nine uh, last season. 
And I don't really think that's going to change. While the uh, the ERA's yeah, it's four three two last year, one two four WHIP. Like I'm trying to figure out where in this arsenal all the things you know what improves to make things a lot better, and I don't quite know yet. So I'm curious to see, but um, but yeah, I would not go for Griffin Canning personally. I think it's just too too much concern, too much volatility for me to really go after it. But again, again, if uh, you have them at the end of your drafts, fine. But in 15 teamers, I, I just feel like you're not going to get enough of the volume that you want while you just won't know if this is a good decision or not um, to go with consistently each week. Uh, the entire Angels crew can kind of be described like that. It, it's it's not really a fun team. I actually don't think I'm going to have a single pitcher on the Angels as a target. I actually kind of see them as a voids. Um, the Angels... Are part of the crew. I think it's five teams. It's the Royals, the Pirates, the Angels, the Nationals, and is there a fifth one? I always kind of forget this. But those four are the are the organizations. I think. Oh, never mind. I have no faith that the organization themselves are going to fix this. Now, Cole Riggins is with Tread, and he's actually encouraged I think some others to go to Tread or to Driveline because of it. So that might be a positive. But the organization themselves, oh, the Rockies, of course, that's the fifth one. Uh, yeah, these organizations are not the places where I think that I can assume normal development. I think it hinders and also hinders them in season as well, which is a big deal, um, where they do not get the adjustments that you want them to get in season as much as other other places the rangers were like that back in the day and they just signed guys i'm actually thinking of that squad now and wondering if i can bucket them in them because all of them are free agents right <laughs> their entire rotation was last year and they also went externally i think someone to tread uh to get some help there too so i mean cole reagan's did uh before he got dealt Something to think about there. Um, we're going to talk about the rest of this crew, though. Uh, Sandoval and Anderson, of course, are fringe guys. And there's a big conversation to be had about Chase Silseth and others. And we're going to talk about all of that after this break. Patrick Sandoval is someone that just, I can't do this. He's not had a season under a 120 whip. He just hasn't done it. And so what he has is a changeup and a slider and then a really hittable fastball. I mean, it doesn't matter which one you look at. It's, uh, yeah, it's very hittable. 11% walk rate last year because I, I just, I just don't really see this working. The only way I can is to lean on the sinker as a, uh, around the edges as much as possible. Really do the neck beard approach, lean into that 11% walk rate and hoping that you can reduce the ICR rate from 39%, hopefully down to like 35 overall. Um, your K rate, Sandoval, the Irish Panada. Yeah, 20%, uh, 151 whip last year. And I have not seen a start where both the changeup and slider are cooking. And sure, you could say, like, well, changeups against right handers, sliders against left handers, absolutely. But for you to be legit, you have to actually be throwing both of them against both sides of the plate. Because it can't just be two pitch on you know, to lefties and two pitch to righties, where one of those pitches is terrible. <laughs> I mean, sure, the sinker is better against lefties. The uh, four-seamer gets chosen against righties, and that one gets crushed. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe there's something to be said about Patrick Sandoval being really good against lefties um, with the sinker being the major focus there. But then, then again, that takes away from the change. I'm focused on the slide, which had a 40% ICR. 
it's just not a good scenario. You're going to see an inefficient pitcher on a non-winning team and maybe they're no, they don't have Shohei anymore. I'm sorry. No, um, likely not winning team. Um, just doesn't seem right to me. Don't go for Patrick Sandoval. It's not fun. And really, it's like the same thing with Tyler Anderson. All Tyler Anderson had with the Dodgers were was an amazing defense and offense um, and a changeup that peaked. And it's good that he really threw that um, over 30% of the time and leaned in on that. That's great. But it was worse last year and he didn't have the same crew to fix it. So... With that being the case, then, uh, yeah, I don't really want to go after Tyler Anderson. There's nothing else. The four-seamer dropped to a 9% swing strike rate last year. The cutter is somewhat effective, maybe. Um, I, I, yeah, he can go through moments where there's rhythm and he's able to really work that changeup against right-handed uh, lineups and has the cutter inside to them and he's able to surprise with the four-seamer. But, no, he's a Toby at best. And I just... Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't want to go with Tyler Anderson having like a massive resurgence, right? Um, I mean, we kind of knew after the Dodgers that Tyler Anderson was not going to be as good of a pitcher. We knew this. He, he fell massively in drafts because of it. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. And we should not expect any different. Um, the more interesting one, I think, and I have him on the fringe because I really don't know what the Angels are going to do. They have four starters right now. I feel like they should get another. And, uh, but Chase Silseth looks like the fifth. Maybe Jose Suarez. If you don't remember Chase Silseth, that came up. It was really starting in the middle of the, uh, the summer. Had a really nice stretch. And then, unfortunately, I mean, it's terrifyingly got a comebacker um, to the head and was out for a while. And we're really happy to see him return by the end. Um, he had two amazing starts that I think people are really leaning on. He had a 10-strikeout game and a 12-strikeout game. And one of them came from his slider being really good against the Yankees. And then the other one was a 12-whiff, 12 12-strikeout 12 game with his splitter. 12 whiffs on that splitter against the Mariners. And that was two starts later. And I remember actually people saying, like, do we want Silseth or do we want Reagans? And you guys know where I choked. That was Reagans all day. Um, but... It was just 15 strikeouts the rest of the way after that 12 one. Obviously, of course, the comebacker happened as well. But it was three starts, um, and then it was 15 strikeouts. So the way I see it is that Chase Silseth had these two really nice nights. He had a really good slider against the Yankees. That's cool. He had a really good splitter against the Mariners. Mariners always fail at, like, splitters and changeups, by the way. The 32 whiffs of Patrick Sandoval. Yeah, that was, like, 20 whiffs on the changeup against the Mariners. Uh, that sh- wonderful Patrick Sandoval shirt. I love it. The Irish Panada. Um... Chase Selseth, to me, just isn't doing enough with his fastball. And I see a cherry bomb with, yeah, bad fastball and overlines on uh, the two secondaries. That is just not it. And for a bad team. I don't really see a breakout season from Chase Selseth. I see a guy who's going to have some rare moments. And, yeah, you don't want to believe in a splitter. And a side that can be good, but like that's breaking the Wasker rule at best. You know, just, I uh, know. Um, Jose Suarez is likely going to get some opportunities too. Uh, it's 20, 21% swing strike rate on his changeup. Um, he's a lefty. But then the slider can earn strikes, but it doesn't have a 30% CSW. And his four-seamer is decent, but it's low velocity and doesn't have good extension. It, it's weird. I just don't really see Jose Suarez being like a six-inning guy, like five at best. Some nights being all right. But like, yeah, he's a desperate streamer. For like a Sunday or something. Jose Suarez is not your answer. 
your secret play for the year. It's just like, yeah, okay, okay, maybe, I guess, if I am absolutely desperate for something, but no, I don't want to do that. Um, there are two more guys because honestly, the Angels just don't have any prospects that you should care about. Like they really just don't have anything. And I, I still say it. I don't care. They should have traded Shohei, but they made more money because Shohei was there. I get it. They should have traded him. I, I hate the fact that baseball teams, I know they're a business, but they should be not considered as one. <laughs> they should be nonprofits. Uh, but that's just another story. Um, it, uh, that, that I really feel that way so strongly. And I think baseball as a whole would be just so much healthier. Uh, Davis Daniel. Um, yeah, he's a sweeper arm with a four seamer and it's all right. Like, I, I don't think that he has a good enough fastball. It's 93, 94. He did get a 20, 12% swing strike rate on the pitch last year, but I feel like that should go down. Uh, that sweeper, 52% strike rate has got to be better. The curveball had a 24% CSW. I just don't think that this 26-year-old is doing enough. And uh, I hope that he gets better. And maybe I'm missing something with Davis Daniel, but he's got to be far better than he was last year for me to care at all. And I don't really believe in the Angels. And then there's Kenny Rosenberg who was a Toby at times last year. I remember like two or three starts. I was like, oh, cool. Here's six innings of like one and run or two and runs. That's great. He has a four seam that has a lot of IVBs, 17 inches. However, he has terrible VAA and terrible extension and it makes it way more hittable. Oh yeah, we're also 90-91. So that is not that kind of pitch that you really want it to be. And he's a change of focus. He's like from the left side, like uh, Tyler Anderson, you know, um, that's it. <laughs> I mean, when when Kenny Rosenberg is facing a right-handed line, lineup, like it can be good if he gets that four-seamer inside, gets a cutter off of that, and then the changeup goes down in a way like this can go five innings. Okay, that's it. Like this is not something to chase. This is not the uh, the secret weapon for your quality start leagues or something like that. And that's really it. Welcome to the Angels. It is oh boy, it is rough. Um, I, I'm thinking back to um, Angels in the outfield, like. I feel terrible for LA fans. You had this moment of bliss. You had the best player of a generation. You had the best player in the world. Um, just the two best guys in Trout and Otani. And it just, oh, I feel for you. I've said constantly, baseball would be better if the Angels won the World Series during that time. Like, I, that's all I wanted. And uh, no, not even the playoffs. And I just, it stinks. So I'm so sorry, Angels fans. And you just got to be sitting there while the Dodgers do all the things. And it's just not fair. It's really just not fair. It's even worse than like the Mets-Yankees dynamic. It truly is. So, ugh, I feel for you. Anyway, hi, that was the Angels. And um, that uh, that's not fun. If you guys disagree with any of this, please let me know. Like, Nick, you're, you're wrong about... So Seth, or I, I feel weird, feels weird for me to be out on Detmers. I, I still have his bobblehead, and of course I do, and I want to be so wrong about it. I want him to just soar and do great things, but it's just that the fastball's not good enough, guys. And the slider is not is not consistent enough, unfortunately. It stinks. I hate it. I want to I want him to be amazing. Okay, bye-bye. I'm gonna get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Nick Pollock, and may your balance below and your strikeouts high.